Welcome back. Are you fabricants of flashbacks to the super, not funny show, Supercast. The Supercast where we talk about all things superhero and pop culture media. That's movies, video games, uh, TV shows. We talk about the news, do a little speculation, all that good nerdy stuff. I am Ode Poupey, your resident fabricant and comedy extraordinaire on all things pop culture. Joined by the anime expert, video game designer, and lover of all things superhero, my good friend Lottie. And uh, Lottie... Uh, dude, happy 100th uh, episode of the Supercast. Man, can you believe it? We have, we have arrived. <laughs> I can't even yeah. believe it's been, it's been like two years, man. Like, more is it? More it's crazy. Years? Almost two years? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, insert, uh, you know, insert fanfare or, or, you know, air horns or DJ, you know, DJ uh, air horns. So, ah, man... It's been a, it's been uh, quite a journey. I think our our first and it, you know we started out before uh, the supercast proper with doing the invincible cast and everything like that, and then just kind of rolled into this. And man, it's been uh, yeah. I feel like we've gotten better. <laughs> I, I want to say we've gotten better. You uh, feel like we've gotten better. Yeah. Well, at the very least, uh, we still have fun with this. So, uh, welcome everybody to this uh, one. If you've been here from the beginning or if you just found out we even exist we're glad you're here listening to us and uh before we get into the podcast proper just letting you know that this uh podcast is available uh on you know like spotify and other podcasting platforms so if you you know don't want to or can't listen to us on youtube you can definitely check it out there so do us a favor uh subscribe and all that good stuff and you know maybe leave a review that'd be awesome uh, but anyway, on this 100th episode, it's it's a little supersized. We got some uh, extra fun stuff uh, today. But as usual, well, we do talk about uh, the news. And it's been two weeks, and Lottie, it's been <laughs> so much shit's been going on, man. It's it's kind of uh, it's a little crazy. I mean, we we had uh, Guardians of the Galaxy just dropped over the weekend. Uh, and we both saw uh, saw it, and uh, we got a review up, so check the channel out for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we will talk about that a little bit later because uh, people have been sort of talking about the box office there, you know. And you also got, uh, we all have to talk about the writer's strike. We have to talk about uh, that, uh, you know, way people are talking about the writer's strike, uh, entitled fans talking about it. There's some Fantastic Four uh, you know, casting that's going on. Uh, Disney uh, is is suing the governor of Florida. It's just it's it's the wild west out here, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> just it feels like it, and and that in addition to all the regular old you know, uh, London is burning sort of shenanigans going on in the world. So uh, that's why we're here. We're gonna talk about you know kind of the the stuff that distracts us away from that stuff. So anyway, Lottie. Uh, you ready to start this 100th episode and get into the news? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's right. go. Let's let's get into it. So, Lottie, uh, I wanted to start this off by talking about something real quick, which is we're all waiting for Fantastic Four, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's we're just like, man, when is the Fantastic Four coming? When is you know when is it going to come? And for some people, it's like they better not race swap anybody else, right, or something like that. I, which 
they're they're so worried about race swapping. I really want. I would love to kind of you know flip that flip everything on his head and gender swap everything. Have only be one dude on the team and then all women. That would send those guys into into fucking you know uh, epileptic seizures or something. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so a couple things came out over the last couple weeks, and a couple names, and I, I've been hearing like. It may, one of them may even be like legit actually happening. And that is uh, casting Adam Driver as uh, Mr. Fantastic and a rumor that they are offering the role of Sue Storm to Margot Robbie. Uh, so I know you know Margot Robbie. Uh, Adam Driver, how, I mean, I know you're not a Star Wars guy, so how familiar are you with Adam Driver? I mean, I know that he was a... Uh... He was a Kylo Ren, but uh, I haven't. I've really never really watched any of his movies outside of the first, uh, you know, sequel. You know, the new sequel, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I really am not familiar with his work. I know who he is when you say his name, but I really, I don't have watched really any of his movies. Yeah, well, you know, he was in an Oscar-nominated movie, uh, Marriage Story. Uh, opposite scarlett johansson uh a year or two ago uh but i mean he's got he's got quite a body of work he's quite good like just saying he was just in that movie 65 about prehistoric earth and you know aliens coming there and you know he's from another planet and they're fighting uh dinosaurs which i haven't seen yet i'm waiting for it to get on one of the streaming services but he's quite good uh and also most recently i saw him in, in a movie on netflix where he sort of played, he didn't play a Mr. Fantastic, but he played a college professor in a very weird movie. And I, let me say, I, hell yeah. I, I was, if, if they're going to pick somebody for this and he's not going to be like near and on 50 years old, Adam Driver is a great pick. Uh, I mean, obviously he's, he's got the physicality for a, a superhero thing, but the dude can act. He can act his ass off in, in fact. And he's, uh, you know, he's kind of been uh, in movies with big time stars and with smaller stars and everything like that. And he's been a genre thing. So, I mean, he was Kylo Ren. And say what you want to about the character of Kylo Ren. But, I mean, I don't, I always thought he was, uh, he portrayed it pretty well. So I'm actually on, you know, on board with that. But Lottie, I have a hot take. Uh, What's your hot take? Hell no to Margot Robbie being Sue Storm. No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Give me... Why do you you feel this strongly about it? Because, goddammit... Look, here's my thing. I actually love her as an actor. I do. I've, I've enjoyed the things she's in. I think she's great. Straight up. But there are literally a dozen other blonde women in Hollywood who can act just as well as she can. You don't have to keep giving her every damn role. Like, for real. I understand she's a name and everything, but seriously, there are other people that could do the role. Other people who, you know, have as much ability or, you know, and look to have the looks and everything like that. Why? Why does it, Why does Margot Robbie have to be Harley Quinn and Barbie and fucking Sue Storm? You know, when I saw them cast her, I was like, okay. 
Like it kind of, it was one of those like yeah, no, it, no excitement. Race. Was it? Was there any it, excitement? It, yeah, I just, it, it I, just is like it's a competent I, 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 pick. It's a competent it, pick, but I'm not excited by it. I, you know, sometimes it's one of the things I was telling my uh, my friend when it comes to like the NBA. One of the things that's going on in the NBA is the lack of good coaching because they're hiring they're just recycling the same coaches and i'm not saying she's she's a great actress but it just seems like hollywood where hollywood has reached this era where they're just they're just hiring the same actors and actresses like there was a time you know you and you will know what i'm talking about during the like the early 2000s like well, i won't say early late 2000s early 2010s everybody had their own like series and they were not getting hired to another series like if you were hired by marvel you're not being hired by dc and it wasn't because there were arch rivals it's just they wanted to use a different acting pool you know what i mean it's just how it was but now it just seems like Oh hey, you've done this Marvel movie. Hey, why don't you come and do this DC movie? Hey, you've done this DC movie. Why don't you come and do this movie? Hey, you've done this action movie. Why don't you do this action movie? Yeah. It's just it seems like it's just literally the same 10 to 15 actors/actresses. They're just recycling them over and over to the point that it's like I remember I was watching this one action movie. It literally felt like a sequel do another action movie the actor was in and i was just like it just feels like a sequel yeah and and i the thing is i get it like i said it's a competent pick look she's a she's a name she's a big name she's a producer in hollywood she's got a lot of mojo all that stuff i get it and also the fact is is that marvel movies don't they don't shoot once a year you know if you're gonna make fantastic four you'll make one you'll make a movie for like you know six months and then it'll be three years before you have to come back and do it again. And so you got plenty of time to go do other things, you know, to be in other franchises. I get that. And again, I will reiterate, I like Margot Robbie. I think she's great. I don't think that they should just be like, oh, let's give her every every freaking role. Because there are other, again, there are other people of equal talent and even recognizability that could do the job. And and I'm just not excited by this. I'm like I, at all. And when I think Sue Storm, Margot Robbie's face, and you know, uh, her, it, it was her. not what I was thinking of. And that's yeah. my expectations. I get that, but if, oh, I, I'm just I'm just not on board with it right now. And I could be wrong, and she could be perfect. But uh, I mean, give somebody else a give somebody else a shot. I can think of at least one other person from Australia who looks almost just like her, which her name is Samara Weaving. And she could do the job just as well because she's really good, actually. Samara Weaving is, that's Hugo Weaving's niece, I believe. She's very good. And she looks, she's blonde too. And she's athletic and all that. other. She could do it. So anyway, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what's actually going on. If any, any of this is true. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be finding out, out at least by uh, Comic-Con later on in the year. So we'll let you guys know about uh, any of that news uh, once it's confirmed. Um, so uh, before we get into like the big issues, I want to talk about we got a couple trash takes. We on, on the Supercast, 
we keep our ear to the ground, or in this case, to social media, uh, to check out what some fans or even some you know celebrities or other people in the industry are saying that is just bullshit, like straight, straight up bullshit takes. And uh, we got we got a couple real good ones this week, Lottie. Um, <laughs> it, it just never it never f- fails to amaze me how self-centered and myopic and just dumb some of these things are and that's that's pretty much everything encapsulating this one tweet from some no name named brad trommel on twitter and and it's about the the writer's strike which we are going to talk about later but as as you know the writers are striking uh over compensation with the the producers guild and uh, that means that a lot of things are starting to shut down and everything. So it, it, the, this motherfucker even went to the the length of making a uh, picture, you know, make, making a picture, a series of pictures to go along with this. With with it, uh, it says it says set us free hashtag hashtag in union greed. And this one where I'm looking at is Spider Man in shackles. So you like we're already we're already primed for for this you know, great thought that this person's about to have. So here, I'm going to read it. <clears throat> he says, I think I speak for everyone in the creative community. As an aside, mother, no, you don't motherfucker. You, that's don't. Whenever anyone says that they don't speak for everyone. Anyway, he says, I think I speak for everyone in the creative community. When I say that greedy writers profits aren't worth as much as the joy superheroes bring to the people all over the world. So WGA end your strike now and give the MCU back to its rightful owners, the fans. Hashtag in union greed. Lottie, if you could see me right now, I'm I'm doing the Picard face palm because there's so much dumb in that. Lottie, what 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 is he right? Is he wrong? How wrong is he? He's retarded. Like I, I and I'm gonna use that word. Like he's that is that is probably one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. And like I'm happy. I mean there are idiots that are in the comments going like, Oh yeah, yeah, we stupidly agree. But there are there but the majority of the people in the comment section are like, Bro, what? What? Like like one person said uh so you care more about a character that doesn't exist in actual people. And one guy said, okay. One guy said, okay. Whenever you uh, make a building, I won't pay you for it. <laughs> Build, yeah, I, yeah. Construction workers should work for free. Because it, the building that the people are going to live in is more important than the people that build it. It's just some stupid... Like, I, one of the... One of the... One of the biggest things that i hate about social media is that it gave some of the dumbest people on this planet a platform to say stupid stuff and they can all conjugate together with their idiocy and it just you just get on twitter just to just be like hey let me see what my cousin or what you know some of these people are tweeting about that you see some dumb just some dumb stuff and it's just like people are like, yeah, bro, yeah, let, yeah, get rid of the writers. Oh, uh, freaking, 
there's just there's just so many things dumb about like one of it is it's a sense of entitlement give the mcu back to its right owners let me let me put clue you in brad tromo we don't own shit disney and dc they you know disney owns the fucking mcu it's they're their characters right we don't own a fuck thing we are lucky we get anything from them at all and the only reason why we get anything from them is because they expect us to shell money out and if they want us to keep coming back, they need writers who will make good stuff like this. Exactly. And, and oh, and also you're you're fucking ignorant because you don't even understand why they're striking. You think they they have he's he's talking about greedy writers profits. What fucking profits? What profits? Point out to me a writer in Hollywood that all they do is write shit for TV and movies that is living in the the high life in LA one of the high, one of the most expensive places in the world to live where they have to be if they want to keep getting work you know i mean you don't know fuck thing about why they they are you know striking you don't understand their pay structure you don't understand what an, an actual how many fucking writers there are and not every for every fucking Shonda Rhimes who makes Grey's Anatomy and get get rich, there's like a thousand, two thousand people who are just fucking scraping by. Like that's just completely foolish. You don't know what you're talking about. You're enti- You feel entitled, and and you think that your entitlement, your your sense of entitlement, should be fed off the backs of these writers. Fuck right off fucking dumb not dumb and t- and and entitled those are two things that should not fucking go together and yet we get them in spades in the fan community everyone thinks that not only did, should they be entitled to whatever the fuck they want from the characters and the people that make these things but oh also if they do shit that you don't agree with then you should be entitled to fucking harass them too right because because us fat remember i always say don't ever listen to us us fans, we don't. If we were could make, if we could write this shit worth a damn, we would be writing and we'd be striking right now because our IP, you know, the things we make up, those words, those stories, would be getting fucking taken and, and we'd be barely getting paid for it. Just, yep, idiot, trash take, throw that crap right in the garbage. And he got ratioed and piled on for a fucking reason because he's stupid. So anyway, it's a just oh man stan lee shouldn't be famous because the character belongs to us he shouldn't get paid for writing spider-man this the it's just just like you just wonder i i I seriously think i've this is an old internet thing but if i wish there was a button that would just punch people in the face over the internet just some people need it so anyway (laughs) um we do have another trash take, and this was uh, is about Guardians of the Galaxy, which we both saw. Again, you can go check, uh, you know, check our review uh, it, here on the channel, and uh, we both quite, you know, liked it quite a bit. I'd even say uh, maybe loved it. Probably, you know, it's it's quite high, uh, and that you know, critically acclaimed, all that other stuff. Um, but it it's box office was it did it blow anyone away? Not really. I mean, it made 118 million, which is the second you know highest opening for the year. 
it's behind Guardians 2 and everything like that. Uh, but Lottie, this lot of there's a there's a contingent of people, the usual suspects, that are saying it's a flop. And only it only made it quote only made 118 million. Therefore, it's uh, a flop. Um, it's it, I feel like today's theme is people not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Lottie. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about this take? Is it a flop because it only made 118 million? I won't say it, I won't say it's 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 a flop because it's we don't know yet. You know, it could it could get it could have a strong second weekend and then pick up legs. The movie's definitely not going to make as much money as it deserves or probably as much money as they were expecting when they first like announced Guardian of the Galaxy 3. I will say that. But it's not a flop. And I mean people like this is one of those movies that James Gunn has transcended. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some people out there that are like saying some ridiculous stuff on both spectrum. Some people are saying it's the best Marvel movie of all time and then there are then there are people that are saying the movie was absolute garbage and not good. But I've seen people on the fandom menace even say they enjoyed this movie and they loved they actually loved and enjoyed this movie it james gunn has has found a way to touch the heart of even the fandom menace which is <laughs> let, let me tell you it's pretty hard because you know some of them are pretty they're pretty they're pretty awful so uh, but he uh I, I would not say this movie is a flop. It's just, it's too early. It's just the first weekend. I think mean, people like let's be honest. The, after the first weekend of Mario, some people are saying, "Oh, it's not going to do that well." Like literally, I remember I put on Twitter that Mario is going to be a billion dollar movie. Everybody was like, after the first weekend, they were like, "This aged well." Then after the third weekend, I said, "Mm hmm." <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Somebody better pick up that phone. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, "Mm hmm." I was like, guys, I. It's going to be a billion dollar movie, especially when I found out it wasn't. It, it hasn't released in Japan yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And and actually, and Mario, it, it's 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 on its way to being maybe the f fourth or fifth highest animated uh, grossing animated film. So, uh, but as as far as Guardians, look, let's let's have some perspective here. Uh, one. There's there's definitely an agenda going on there. The people are talking about a flop, because a hundred. You know what? You know what didn't make 118 million dollars at the box office Ooh. on its opening. And by the way, this is domestic. This is in America only. This is not worldwide. I think believe worldwide it made about 300 total uh, for the for uh, you know America and worldwide 300 something million. So let's take that into account. But two, there is an agenda by certain people that have been talking about the mcu and every time it, it you know whatever comes out that you know everything's a uh, huge flop and there's those big stupid thumbnails blah 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 the the thing to keep into uh, in perspective is uh i don't even think i think mario made more in the in its opening weekend but not like ter you know terribly more also everyone was talking about oh black adam opened so well at 75 million right and like that's all that made it opened seventy five million. It, oh, this is open better than us, you know, somewhat better than uh, Ant Man 
uh, and the Wasp Quantumania, right? And there are plenty mm-hmm. of other movies that you know, opened up, even in the MCU, that opened up on, you know, near or less than that and, and went on to have legs. And that is the actual question here. You can't call it a flop until you see the, the second and third week returns. You know? You really can't. It's, it's, and and uh, mind you, flop meaning it fails to, to, you know, earn its money back. It's in the red. And at this at this rate at the rate it's going it's pro it's going to make its money back i think that I, I feel strongly about that um will it do gangbusters i mean i doubt it i don't think it's going to do gangbusters but it's definitely not a damn flop 118 million dollar opening weekend we're, we have the skewed ass perspective about box office because it's a marvel movie right but we don't we don't take into account context context is when guardians 2 came out they were they were heading towards infinity war right there there was a definite through line heading towards infinity war it's very clear that we were ramping up to the you know to the ending of the infinity saga and on the other hand guardians 3 is sort of coming out in a lull before the storm if you will that's bare that hasn't really been well defined and also yeah, you know, Marvel has been hit or miss with TV and and with its movies. Now, I mean, it lit. We literally just saw Quantumania just you know die on the vine, and so between that and the pandemic and all this other stuff, there are definite changes to the way people are going to see movies. And I don't know why it's so fucking hard to acknowledge that there are some things that may inhibit the box office. And I still say that it's going to make its money back and become profitable. So we'll see if I'm right about this next weekend. If it takes a 40, you know, 5, 50, 55% drop, yeah, it's going to make its money back. If it takes a 70% drop, then it's in trouble. And then we can talk about flop, but you can't fucking say that in the first weekend. Not not over $118 million. Sorry. Domestic. It's still 300-something worldwide, so... No, that's a bad take. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're gonna reconvene and talk about this next week, Lottie, and then we'll know uh, if you need to, uh, you know, if I need to pick up the phone, or you know, if I just gotta <laughs> admit that I'm wrong about something. But I have a feeling it's it's a great movie, and I think I, I think I've told enough people to go see it. And I don't know about you, Lottie. Have how many people have been like, should I go see it to you? At least, at least five people. Yeah, like five or many more than than, than that. Because the group chat, there's four of us in there, and I told, I told actually ten people. Yeah. So we're we're doing that thing that actually is you know gives a, a movie legs, which is tell other people you got to go see this. You know, and it has a it has a lot. It has. Like this movie has a lot of, is it has a lot of secondhand, like, marketing. Like it's, it's going to do better than what it's projecting to do because I feel like more people are going, more people who didn't go to see it the first time are going to go see it this time. And plus, also we got to remember what the it the movie came out on a weekend that yes, some people are going to like, oh well. 
you know, it, you know, some people be like, oh, well, that should have helped it. Nah, it was Cinco de Mayo and graduation. Just saying. It, there's a lot of people not movie watching. Yeah. Well, and when, when we went to go see it, I mean, it's a Monday night, and it still had a pretty good crowd. I mean, it was, we were in the biggest theater. I mean, it still had a pretty good good crowd. Not, it wasn't full up, but I mean, it's a Monday night, so uh, I think I think we're gonna be surprised. And it's, it, I will say this, it's gonna drop less than sixty percent. I, I I believe I believe the the weekend uh, two box office drop off is gonna be under sixty percent. And if it's under sixty percent, that's a that's a win. That like that that's it's on its way to actually doing what it needs to. So anyway. Uh, we'll let you guys know about that uh, uh, next weekend when we talk about it. So, uh, enough of the the easy stuff. Now it's time to talk about the real, sh- <laughs> the real shit. And there's there's two particular things. So we want to uh, we're going to address the something po- politics related. That's right. We're going to talk about politics, uh, and in particular how it affects uh, Disney. So. A lot of you, we're, we're, you know, if you guys don't know it, we talk about it sometimes, but we are, we are in Florida and we have an embarrassment of a fucking governor. He sucks. Um, in my, this is my personal opinion. I'm going to, you know, Lottie, I'm not going to put words in your, your mouth, but the Santa's he sucks. Uh, but people around here like him. So he just kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. You know, we, we kind of live in a, in a state that is essentially, you know, it's essentially run by one party and they do whatever the hell they want. And whatever the hell they want seems to be a whole lot of culture war bullshit. I will um, argue, I will argue, highly argue that it's, this is like, I would even say this is the Republican Party. This is something completely else. Like, I know quite a few Republicans, quite a few Republicans that do not like DeSantis. And, Republicans that are not in uh, Florida. I will say this is like almost it's like DeSantis has almost made his own like it's like super like ultra right. Well, you know what uh, I mean? the thing is, is he he's he is doing what a lot of Republicans across the country that are in, are and have the reins of power are doing. You know, they're they're doing what, you know, it's. I guess Democrats never have the fucking balls to do, which is we're in charge. So we're just going to fucking do whatever. And, and, you know, and we're going to gin our base up and we're going to do whatever. So that's what they're kind of doing here in in the state of Florida. It's, it's annoying. And we try to ignore it day by day, but it's pretty hard to fucking ignore the fact that they, DeSantis has, he's the hill he's decided to die on is, is, you know, trying to rein in Disney. And that's a fuck and let me say the reining in it it's it's not on anything like substantial like business or like you know, not not on anything substantial about how they pay their their you know their people or benefits or how any of that stuff. That's none of that stuff is what's happening. They're reining them in because they had the nerve to say something about a culture war issue. You know, they had they had a, a bill a, that was a culture war related, you know, and the former CEO was like, we don't, uh, we don't support that. And they took, and they withdrew some monetary support to Republicans. 
And so DeSantis' whole thing is to kind of like punish them for that and to kind of show that he's the boss. And this is a big thing for him politically to show that he can like just be an authoritarian and do whatever the hell and just like score W's for Republicans on culture war shit. Um, and so he's been doing that, you know, the whole thing with the the special district and, you know, dismantling that specifically writing laws to target that special district and just, you know, trying to intimidate Disney into shutting up and continuing to give them money, which, by the way, I bet you Disney is going to continue to give money, just maybe not to DeSantis, because I don't know, Lottie, I feel like maybe he this he's like the bully on the yard who's you know he keep you know he he picked the wrong person you know he picked the wrong person and now he realized oh i actually have to fight this person you know uh and so that's what we're and to that point disney was like okay cool there's you know they just passed this bill is very specifically about disney and disney was like okay cool we'll see you in court so they have sued DeSantis personally and several other people personally, especially uh, on the new board of directors of the special district, but also the state of Florida over targeting them over their first amendment, their, their first amendment, you know, free speech uh, and retaliation and all that other stuff. There, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but there's some sound legal shit in there. Um, Lottie. Now I've heard a lot of people be like, Oh, the mouse is kicking his ass. And I'm, and I've, I'm like, I don't know if I see that yet. But one difference between Disney and you or me is that Disney is rich. Disney has a lot of money and they have some of the best lawyers in the world. So, Lottie, I mean, what's your take on this? And I mean, do you see the way this is? How do you see this playing out? You know, uh, all the way around, like, is is Disney going to win? Is DeSantis going to win? Are they just going to, like, agree to disagree and, like, kind of swear everything off what do you think i think it's going to end up as an agree to disagree but i've been you know i've been saying this for a while that the santas has decided to post himself up on a hill that he is slowly but surely that we're slowly but surely watching him die on you know he's he's losing supporters left and right he, he has, I mean, he could pass laws right now because, like I said, he's Republican, and Republicans usually stick together. But at the end of the day, a lot of these Republicans, when it's time for him to be out of that governor thing, they're going to be, they're going to leave him. Because he, he slowly, we're slowly but surely watching him die on the little hill. Well, that he's, he, he's trying to be president. I mean, let's, let's be clear. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to well, happen. He's, try, he's trying to out Trump Trump. He's trying to be president. And it's the thing is, is that it's I honestly, can I be can I be clear here? I think it was kind of smart. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I the, look at it. Look at the situation and, and consider what's actually happening. This is a guy like he's got, you know, it's pretty clear from the last legislative session. It, again, this is inside politics, whatever. Just say, take my word for it. In the last legislative session, he pretty much showed that if he wants something, he'll get it from the legislature. And so in this one, and the one that just ended, he got what he wanted from them, which is a platform to show that he could out-Trump Trump, that he could be the biggest, loudest bully, 
and that he would bring to heel any corporation that felt like that they could say anything that was contrary to what the Republican, you know, party is pushing. And, you know, they're pushing culture war bullshit. And so, you know, they, that, that, that was his thing. And in a way it works, you know, he's got a platform and everything. And then, but it causes some sort of trepidation from, from, you know, other Republicans who are like, is this the the thing to do? Even Trump is just getting on his ass about it. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, all these people that are like, they're like, oh, Disney's going to kick his ass and everything. And they're just going to leave the state. No, absolutely not. That's like as dumb as you may think DeSantis is. He's not. He knows uh, economics well enough to know Disney can't leave Florida at all. Like maybe in t- 10 or 15 years, maybe they can't do it. Right. They can't. They, it's not like I, I'll, I've take this job and shove it and you leave. And that's just it. No, they have billions of dollars invest billions of dollars invested in South and central Florida, right in central Florida, where, where Disney world is infrastructure, all, you know, left, right and center, hundreds of acres uh, of, you know, of land that they own, all the rides, all the, everything down there, they cannot leave. It's just not possible because if they do, Disney share price is going to tank. As soon as they say they're leaving, it's going to tank because they know that it's going to take billions of dollars to move everything from there to wherever the fuck they think will be a better place than Florida. It's a lose-lose situation. So they they are literally in a situation where they don't they 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 don't have enough influence in the legislature to to stop this bullshit. They can't leave, right? All they can and they can't you know they they can't even extend an olive branch. The only thing they can do is capitulate or continue to get beat up on, or in this case, take him to court. And if the court and here's another thing that people don't think about. This is a if it's is it a federal or is it a state thing? Because if it's a state thing, they will lose. And you you might be like, well, how could they lose if this if they got the law on their side? Because in the state of Florida, it doesn't fucking matter because he has stacked the state supreme court with people that are his allies. So if you think that that they'll get to the supreme court, the state supreme court, and they won't rule in DeSantis's favor, you don't have, know the way things work down here. This, like people talk about fascism and shit like that. We're 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 well on our way to it here, and I'm not being. I'm, look, I'm not being, you know, you know, too, uh, you know, paranoid or anything. The truth is, is that I've seen enough to know that when a when a guy like that can say, "Hey, uh, we're gonna replace," they're they're literally talking about replacing the school superintendent here in our county because he won't toe the fucking line on this don't say gay shit right because he won't toe the line on all of the other culture war shit so they're gonna and and, and he this motherfucker is literally has the whole legal structure to basically you know take Disney by the neck and rub their nose in their and things and what can they do about it besides sue? If it's a federal thing, that's a different thing. It, it, it might actually come to that. But then, you know, DeSantis will just do whatever. I'm just saying. 
there's all the incentive in the world for him to do this, and Disney's kind of stuck in, in, in a place. That that said, you know, Disney has lots of money, and they have great lawyers, and they employ thousands of people in this state. Now, Lottie, if Disney decided, you know what? We're going to take the financial hit to close Disneyland for six weeks. Nobody's got no work. We're not paying nobody because this is an at-will state. We're not going to pay anybody. We're not going to, you know, or we're just going to shutter everything for six weeks. Lottie, do you think that would make DeSantis sit up and, and reconsider? Hmm. Part of me wants to say no, because I don't think he. I, part of him, I think he's he's ready to take this. Yeah. Well. Well. He, well. Let me let me let me add add to that thought a little more. If they furlough people for six weeks, you know what those furloughed people are going to do? Right. They're they're going to apply for unemployment, and they're going to get it. Even as draconian as the fucking rules for unemployment are in the state of Florida, they will get it. You're talking about thousands of people. When I say thousands, I'm not just talking. I'm at the parks themselves. It's something like I, I mean they've been laying people off, but they still employ like six or seven thousand people in, in the Orlando area. I, if this my understanding is correct, six or seven thousand people on furlough. Now, not all of them, obviously, but the park workers, et cetera, et cetera. That's a huge like. Orlando, between Disney and like all of the other theme parks, that's Orlando's lifeblood. There's literally nothing else in Orlando except servicing that shit, you know, and servicing the people that service that shit. So it, it's, I mean, that's a that's a possibility that they could stop do work stoppage, essentially go on strike, if you will, and interrupt the economy of Central Florida. Now that with that context, I'm not saying they'll do it, but like it's like DeSantis sees this as a winning thing, but that's because he hasn't been hurt hurt yet. So I'm just saying if if they did do that, is is DeSantis done? No, I don't think so. I mean, it won't look good. But I don't think it, it will. Uh, it will really, truly like uh, make it will end it. It will end this. I think he he's he'll be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think I mean I I tend to think that because he's still governor. He's gonna he's governor for two more years. <clears throat> but is are his presidential aspirations done? Oh, that's a good one. Because <laughs> you know Trump is like, fuck this guy. I, I want the nomination. I'll be damned if this dude takes takes my spot. So he's already been going going hard at him. Oh, and and I didn't mention something else that that no one's really talking about. That Disney is a major. They they contribute money to all sorts of political stuff. They don't talk about it. But they definitely give money to Republicans all over the place, but definitely in the state of Florida. 
wouldn't it be funny and i and like i said they i, I think camp, campaign contributions may have stopped anyway if they decided to give their money to whoever his rival is you know there's the thing is it's not just power that's that's the currency it's m- money is the actual currency too you know that well, i won't talk about corruption and all that other shit but the truth is is that money is how you get elected or reelected or whatever and you can't have big big money uh you can't have money bags mickey against you not in the state of florida at least that's been the conventional wisdom so i don't know man i know i'm talking i'm doing a lot of talking i've been thinking about this for for a while what could disney actually do about this besides sue and i know suing is like it'll work but i think the campaign contributions are really the deal to literally be like all right it's our free speech right to be like all right we're gonna support somebody who isn't you who is explicitly gonna run to kick your ass out and then it becomes a big old proxy war between disney and and desantis to see who who actually gets to to win now I'll tell you what there's a lot of incentive in orlando to be like fuck desantis because he's messing with our money so i don't know lottie <laughs> we can go on and on about this the point is uh this i mean this is an ongoing thing i don't think it's going to have any actual effect on the comic book movies we get i, I don't think so but i do think that um if you know disney is going to go to war you know it, it they're going to spend real money on it and it's going to uh you know it's going to impact entertainment in general because this the other thing is that this is a litmus test it's well, not a litmus test this is a test to see if the government's going to have more power to kind of fuck with p- private enterprise or not and uh if if they, if they prevail that's that's bad for business and I think bad for business is just enough of a reason to, you know, ruin DeSantis's, you know, overall chances. Even if, in general, he would be good for business, he would be bad for business because he set a bad precedent. So, uh, anyway, Lottie, I think we're going to be talking about this a lot more in the future. So, I guess when we find out more information about uh, this DeSantis versus Disney thing, we'll let you guys know. Uh, which leads us, Lottie, to our final thing. And I, I think this is one that we both have lots of, uh, you know, opinions about. And we are, we sort of talked about it briefly earlier in the trash take. And that is that the Writers Guild of, of uh, America, uh, the, the you know, the trade union for all of the writers for TV and, um, and movies uh, in America, they have gone on strike. They are, uh, as of uh, May 1st, and that was uh, because, you know, their contract did not get renewed. Uh, it's because their negotiations with the Producers Guild did not, uh, you know, come to an agree- agreeable end. And it's, as usual, it's about compensation and all that other stuff. Um, and uh, the use of a, well, there's a number of things. Mainly it's compensation, residuals related to streaming, the kind of the changing business model in TV and movies, and also the use of AI uh, for for writing. <clears throat> so, and and also uh, kind of the exploitation of writers' rooms was another big thing. So, Lottie, the strike is on, 
you know I'm pro union and all that other stuff, so I'm 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 you know all for the WGA. But what's your take on this? Um, and also, you know, you know, we'll talk about it a little later. How is this going to affect uh, the comic book movies that we are and TV shows are so looking forward to? Man, honestly, you know, this is this is this is a whole mouthful with this whole AI stuff because, you know, this is not just this is something that could really cause trouble, not just in the movie industry, the music industry, and all that stuff. I, I don't think this is I think this is we were just got done talking about politics. This is not something that the uh what's it called shouldn't um that that the union should fight for. This is where the US government needs to step in and regulate this shit. Quit being lazy government. Time for you to regulate this stuff. Because if you don't regulate this stuff there's going to be a lot of people that are going to lose jobs because businesses are going to start hiring people are going to, I mean, going to start firing people and just use AI for it. There has to be in the next year or two, there has to be the United States, both, both Democrat. I don't give a damn. There has to be, because like I said, this is not a union thing because the union can only do so much. This is a United States of America thing. They need to regulate this because AI is going. It is. It is. It is going to cause a lot of people to lose jobs if it is not regulated. And if now that I'm off that one. When it comes to the movie industry, we've already starting to see it. A couple of these movies are already being, you know, they're stopped. They're stopped working on it because the writers are no longer in it. And I'm completely with you. Writers should be paid for their contribution. I mean, listen, if you think you're such a good director and everything, why don't you write it? And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of these directors who are writers, they're not writing for free. They're get, they want that extra writing bump on their salary as well. Boom. You know what I mean? Nope. Mm-mm. It should be noted that, like, let's consider James Gunn since, like, his movie did just come out. He is a member of the WGA, and he is not working on anything right now, even though he's, look, He's the co-chairman and CEO of, of DC Studios, but he is not crossing the picket line. The, the picket line being, of obviously, yes, people out there literally picketing, but the crossing the picket line includes working on anything, you know, writing on anything, and he's not doing that. There are many people, many directors uh, that are not. There are, um, you know, there are people who are not writers, who aren't crossing picket line, literal picket lines either. This is a big deal. My understanding is that there was a big solidarity meeting between the other guilds. So you're, the thing is, like, if you don't understand the, if you don't really know the the business of Hollywood, and I'm not saying I'm an expert, I I, I have some understanding of it. There's the producers guild. That's the money people, right? There are mem- there are people who are members of all the guilds. The producers guild. The writing, you know, the Screen Actors Guild, the Writers Guild. Then you have like the Teamsters uh, and uh, the IATSE, which is they're the people who do the physical production stuff. You know, they they're the people who go and 
they do sets and all that other stuff, uh, the actual physically making it. These are all different unions, and they all have agreements with the producers, and they also support each other. So, actor, you know, I, I was going to say, you know, when this started, that there are things that are already in production and that, you know, uh, it's in production. Hey, it, it's it's not subject to this strike, except the writers aren't going to go to set. So if there needs to be rewrites, they're not going to rewrite anything. They got to work with whatever the script is. If they're picking one thing, this, this happened to um, to Daredevil Born Again. So you know how they're shooting it right now. They're they're producing Daredevil Born Again right now, except that yesterday they did not make film one thing because they had a picket line right the writers that were in new york went to picket where they were going to be filming and the teamsters and the iotsi uh members of the iotsi guild would not cross that picket line and they've been doing this on different shows and all that you know movie sets and everything like that because the guilds have decided they got together and they were like we're going to be strong together. We're not, we're going to support each other. They can't now right now, the other guilds can't strike, but they can support the other guilds by not crossing picket lines. This is serious. I guess it's deadly serious. It like, and I, I mean deadly, but like it's, it's dead serious because yes, if we're going to talk like that idiot in the, in the trash take, it's all about us consumers. I want my, my movies. I want my TV shows. How dare you keep them away from me, right? But if we're talking about it from the perspective of a writer, they have seen their average salary go down 4%, if I'm understanding it correctly, in the last 10 years. <clears throat> and in the last 10 years, do you know what the profits have been from the for the studios? It's, Lottie, just guess. Give me a, give me a number. How, how much has it changed? A lot. I mean, I mean, just any, you can throw any number out. If I had to change, probably about, I have to say five to 600 million. Well, I know I'm talking about what I was going to say percentage, but I'll, I'll give oh, the, per, the percentage. Oh, probably about, it's probably about 80 to 90%. <laughs> now, I was say, man, you are, you are way too high, <laughs> but it's 25%. So, which it's, it's a lot. Look, 25%, not 80%. Man, you, they wish. Uh, but oh, I thought you were talking about the movies. I thought you, I thought you were talking about the, uh, the, 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 uh, the actual companies, what, how much they're getting out. Well, not the writers. That's well, what yeah, I meant. Yeah. Oh. The, well, they're talking about the writers' average salaries. Their average compensation has gone down 4%. The profits of these studios has gone up 25% at the same time. So this is, and this is all related to streaming and the way the residual structure works. Residuals are, if you write on something, you get paid, you know, as, as it gets played over in reruns and perpetuity. And the reason mm-hmm. for this being that the people who produced it, you know, the, the studios or whatever, Every time they repackage and sell it, you know, whenever Friends gets uh, was gets uh, played on a network television, you know, cable, network TV, whatever, 
the uh, you know the studio they license it out they get money right and the people that yep. made it if there was no residual structure would get nothing they just they they got paid to write on it that was the end of it but because there's this perpetual revenue cycle related to all of this content the writers guild rightly said hey if we're going to be making you shit that's going to make you money f- forever then we should be getting part of that too or else what's our incentive for sticking around and, and making good shit what what's the incentive we're going to get paid one time and watch you get paid over and over and over for this stuff nah that's the that's what residuals are and that's part of it you know that's part of it but there's also this bullshit about exploiting writers rooms now writers rooms if if you're not up on it is basically there's a group of writers for for a show or right, for a tv show and you know you it's you know 7 8 10 depending on the, the size of the uh, the you know how big the show is how many episodes etc they all get together figure out what the story for the the season is break the story down into episodes and then each one of the you know they they you know write episodes you know each you know one or more episodes for the season now part of the reason why the the compensation has gone down is because when you watch streaming shows how many episodes are generally in a streaming episode, uh, season like eight you eight, yeah. 10 maybe 12 or 13. When you watch the network TV show, how many episodes are generally in a in a season? Like 18, 20, yeah. 22, something like that, maybe 24, 25. And so one of them is a job as a part of the writers room that will take a year. That'll take the better part of a year to do. Another one is one that takes something to the tune of, you know, 6 to 8 weeks. Then what are you doing? There's clauses that keep you bound to, to that show, even though you're not working for most of the year. Right? Yeah. And another problem they have is that the the networks, the, the, the not the networks, but the, the studios are doing these things called mini writer rooms where they haven't even greenlit a show. Haven't greenlit it. They're just essentially pre-production. And they say, "Hey, let's get together six, you know, five or six people. Let's break down the whole story and everything like that. We're not going to have them write scripts. We're just going to have them break the whole story down, right? This show is not greenlit. They're based, and they're barely, you know, they're paying them, or not even paying them. There's just a promise that there will be a show, and if that show doesn't happen, they work for free. If the show does happen." They could bring in a whole group of other writers and barely pay the people that did the breakdown that they're basing the season on. It's like if you have the the AI write the outline and break down a story and then other writers come in, except the AI is a tool and the writers are not a fucking tool. They're an employee that is getting exploited. That's the shit that's going on here. All this shit about, oh, they're greedy and they're, they're, they're living plush lives and everything like that. No, that is not true. That, that is not true. Tell me, you know what? How about this, Lottie? Let's do an experiment. <clears throat> the last TV show that you really liked, anything, you, what, what, what's, what is it? Um, Tulsa King. 
right? Tulsa King. Na- mm-hmm. Name a writer on that show. I don't know a single one. The, how about that? The show before. Name a writer on Yellowstone, or eighteen eighty three, or any, name one. Just one. And and look. Now name name an actor, in those shows. I can name quite a few. <laughs> thank you, thank you. The actors are just saying words and acting out the things that the writers say. That the writers came up with, with no writers, you can't have a good show. And you may complain about the writing on some shows, but the truth is, the people that write for She-Hulk that people talk so much shit about are still professional writers that can do it better than any of these idiots on the internet that are talking about lazy and bad writing. They're, they are professionals. They are WGA members. And they should be compensated relative to their their contribution. And they should not be shackled to a fucking show that's only going to employ them for two and a half months. Because they have they live in L.A. and they have fucking mortgages. And they have a lives that they need to live. They have kids. And they shouldn't be, the residual sh- structure shouldn't be screwing them over so that they're just like, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Yes, I'm, look, I'm not neutral in this. I'm just not. I'm not going to be neutral. I'm, I'm for the writers because you know how much fucking money the CEOs of each of these, these, you know, uh, studios are, are getting in excess of 20 and 30 million dollars a year the ceos and if the c that's the ceo compensation i guarantee the executive level people are getting piz aid and they want to fucking complain about paying the writers that are making their jobs even possible because none of the people david zazab could not write his way out of a fucking uh, wet paper bag he couldn't if he had to write a script for anything it would be trash. That's just the truth. the The CEO of Paramount, if he had to write a C a, a, a script for anything, would be trash. They cannot make their living without the writers, and they're about to fucking learn. They learn like they're gonna learn like they learned the last time there was a fucking writer strike. Anyway, Lottie, sorry, <laughs> I'm on my soapbox. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm on my soapbox, man. Uh, I'm like it. The, the thing is that the shit is just it's ridiculous. This this whole talk about the greedy writers is bullshit. Why doesn't anyone talk about the fucking greedy executives at this place? Who if they if they all collectively halved their salaries, you know, if they all or if if, if the executive level if they would take a pay cut, they could fucking do this, and we wouldn't be in this situation. I'm simplifying, but it's still. This, it's the same uh, people that that when the NFL players striked. Oh, how dare these players want more money? Yeah, how dare you know? how dare the employees who bring value, who actually whose work actually brings value, want a part of that value? How dare they? Instead of lining, like you literally have motherfuckers on the internet who are lining up to defend, you know, the profiteering of these companies and not profit and, and be against profit sharing. Get out of here. Like this, this idea that, that 
riders are living high on the, on the ho horse is, is not true. It just isn't. And we we all, you know, yes, look, we, I found, you know, I found out Blade is basically indefinitely on hold right now. Yeah. Something I really want to see. Right? Daredevil, you know, who knows how many more work stoppages are going to happen. There's a ton of things that are in the works right now that are going to be negatively affected. Things I really, really, really want to see. And you know, you know what I, my response to that is good. It's good because if that's what it takes, if, if that's what it takes to get these people done right by, I'd be inconvenienced. Fine. Don't bother me. It's, it's their fucking movies and TV shows. You know, I, I like them. I glad I like to talk about them. But there are real people's lives. What did you say? What did you say earlier about fake caring more about fake people than real people? Yeah, like that's a great point. Spider-Man's not real, but the person that writes Spider-Man is real, and they should be taken care of, especially because there are billion-dollar movies. There's no reason that there shouldn't be some kind of compensation that makes sense. You know, it makes a billion dollars. The writers should be making. Good. I, like a, what I what I what I say before when we were talking about stuff like about Marvel must pay. All they have to say is, "Hey, let me." This Spider-Man No Way Home made one point six billion or one point whatever billion dollars. Cool. How about we break you off with a million? Does that change the profitability of that? Not really. What if they said, "Hey, five hundred grand. Here you go, dog." That's a huge thing to that writer. Right. Or even the comic creator, yeah. the people, that's a huge thing to them. But five hundred thousand dollars, they fucking waste that. Like just just whatever. It's it's a write off. Like, I don't this this. Why do we have to have these conversations when it's pretty clear that they could afford to break people off and still make money? I, I have the answer to that, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, Lottie, uh I don't know. I like I said, I'm on I'm on I'm on a roll right now. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much said out, you know, uh what I had to say earlier when we did that trash take. Yeah. <laughs> they need they need to pay. They just just pay them. It's, it's not that. And I, I'm, you know the you know the reason and and it it's not it's money, yes, but it it's going to it revolves back around to who has the money. And the reason why this bullshit happens and always happens is because the investors are fucking villainous. And by that I mean the stockholders of Disney, stockholders of Paramount, uh, you know, NBC Universal, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they want their money. And one of the, the favorite ways they, you know, cuz that price, you know, stock price goes up, stock price goes down, and whatever. When they see the executive class doing things that hurt the workers, they're all they're happy for it laying off people cool you know freezing salaries cool you know having a pay structure that pays people as little as possible awesome stock price goes up you know even in the midst of all of this how are stock prices doing i mean i'm not sure exactly but they're holding the line and they're happy with that because ultimately they don't want money to go to the workers they want money to go to themselves 
and that's that you know they want they don't want the workers to be compensated better they want them to be happy with the with whatever they get so that their stock can be worth more so they can get piz aid it's it's and it it goes straight back to that they are this this goes back to though playing for you know the you know trying to make the investors happy you know trying to make that stock price look good all of that stuff and as a result we're going to have a work stoppage for who knows how long and i say good let's make it fucking hurt until they until they realize like hey you know we're going to stand strong and if you guys want to just turn your shit into reality TV central. Good luck with that. So anyway, <laughs> I got to stop talking. I, I've, I've got to, uh, I could keep, I'm going to go on and on and on, but uh, this looks like it's going to be going on for a while. And Lottie, um, we're, we're going to start feeling the pain, I suppose, towards the end of the year. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll let you guys know more about the strike uh, as it continues. So anyway, that's all of our news for this uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, maybe we missed something. Probably we missed something. Or you got some uh, strong or, you know, some opinions about uh, what we had to say. Whatever the case may be, get down to the comment section. Leave your thoughts there. And, of course, you can always hit us up. Supernotfunnyshow at gmail.com or at supernotfunnyas1 on Twitter. All right. Uh, Lottie. Uh, you know, there's a lot of nerd, uh, you know, nerd speculation, nerd fights, uh, you know, uh, debates going on in nerd circles. And I think one of the ones that I, I don't think we've ever really talked about this before. And so I thought it'd be fun if we would uh, play something called Who Played It Best? Uh, it's kind of like a play on that, like who wore it best whenever you see on the red carpet, people are wearing a. Uh, different clothes you know the similar dress or whatever who wore it best in this case who uh played a, a comic book character best in movies uh the movies that we've uh, gotten over the last 20 odd years so lottie uh as always these are definitive absolutely and you know can't be disputed uh you know recommendations about who uh, did this best if you heard it from anyone else that said otherwise they're wrong. Disregard them forever. Right. Uh, am I right, Lottie? Yes. <laughs> so so we're going to um, jump into this. And there, uh, there's a surprisingly long list of people who have played similar characters. And um, and not just Batman, believe it or not, or Superman. There's just like a, a bunch. So, uh, uh, so uh, this one is, I, I think this is a spicy one. We're going to talk about DC, the DC universe. Um and the, the well, not the DCEU versus DC Animated. Harley Quinn, who's better, Margot Robbie or, controversially, Kaylee Cuoco as the animated version of Harley Quinn? Lottie. <laughs> oh, this, I, I threw this one in on purpose because I, I, I know, I know. The, See, the answer would have been, if you would have throw in the uh the original harley quinn this would have been easy right but, oh well you know what actually let's throw in uh what's her name uh tara strong no it's not tara strong is it tara strong 
from the from the, uh, the, the animated series. Oh, the one from the animated series. Right. This isn't a discussion. If this is from, from Batman, but if the we're talking, series. if we're talking about the, uh, that's not even a discussion. But if we're talking about the other two, mm-hmm. I think yeah. So we'll say Oof. we'll say for posterity, it's I believe Tara Strong is the one has played her. If I'm wrong, whatever. You know, the one that from the animated series. But from, uh, I can I tell you. I think Kaylee Cuoco. I personally, I kind of want to say the same thing because we only got to see Robbie what three times. Well, yeah, we saw and and she, and like this isn't taking anything away from her. I think she's she may be one one of the best. Th- she's probably one of the best things about the DCEU. Just her consistent mm-hmm. characterization. I liked her, and I know a lot of people didn't like you know Birds of Prey. I thought she was a great part of that. There was a lot of fun stuff in there, and she's great in both of the Suicide Squads. Um, everyone, everyone's understanding of Harley Quinn is more, you know, the normies, more or less because of her. That said, the Harley Quinn animated show is awesome, and Kaylee Cuoco is great. She, yes, I know we don't see her, but her voice acting is top-notch. And she's got so much great material, and that character, that version of Harley Quinn, is better. <laughs> fight me on this. Is better than the one in in the DCU. That's just I just think that's true. So I mean, <laughs> she, she is a great, great Harley Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> I think controversially, we're gonna say Kaylee Cuoco, uh, Jess edges out Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Uh. Let's go with the Joker. This is time for the spicy, spicy takes, because uh, Lottie famously doesn't like the Dark Knight. So, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna see where this goes. Mark Hamill, Heath Ledger, and I threw in Cesar Romero just just for fun. Uh, Cesar Romero, he's the one that did it from the 1960s show uh, with Adam West. So Lottie, hot take time. Which one? Who's the best Joker? I, in my opinion, this isn't a fair fight. It's Mark Hamill. That this isn't a fair fight. But if we're going by live action, I mean, really, there it's. I and you know what? I forgot to put Jack Nicholson in there too. Jack Nicholson also from the uh, the nineteen eighty nine Batman. Mm-hmm. And it, you're you you would still be right because Mark Hamill is the definitive. Uh, he's kind of the definitive Joker, uh, yes. as he is the Joker that other Jokers are, you know, modern Jokers are sort of uh, channeling. I guess you could say. Yes, I, I'd say you even see a little bit of it in Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Like I, like again, this isn't taking anything away from Heath Ledger. He obviously, live action wise, he's the best Joker uh, that we've gotten. Mark Hamill is, you know, as we were saying, he Heath Ledger's Joker has parts of Mark Hamill in it. And I will say this, Mark Hamill doesn't really have much of Cesar Romero in it. You know, he, he would be the one that Mark Hamill grew up watching, you know, on TV. Uh, so yeah. I will, and and let's not even talk about Jack Nicholson. I, I like Jack Nicholson's Joker, but... I don't. He has a lasting impact on a you know a certain people of a certain age, 
but I mean, I I always thought Heath Ledger blew him out the water, and H- Hamill's consistent treatment of Joker. I mean, it just wins. So there we go. Mark Hamill's the better Joker. Um, and let's talk about DC one last time. Superman, uh, the most you know the the OG uh, you know superhero, and there's been many. Uh, over the years, we're going to talk about three of them. We're, sorry, George Reeve. You're, you, no one really. I, I've never seen an episode of Superman. Well, I may have when I was a kid, but the Superman from like the 50s. So I, I don't remember that. Uh, so you're not in the conversation. We're going to talk about Christopher Reeves, Brandon Routh, or Henry Cavill. Lottie, uh, out of those three, who do you think is the better Superman? Brandon Ralph is the one from the uh, Superman. Returns. Superman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't include any of the Superman from TV either. Uh, like, cause I, if, that, if that's the case, we have to throw in uh, uh, what's his name from Smallville, uh, Tom, yeah, it, Tom Welling. There's there's hundreds of Supermans. Yeah. Let's just stick with these ones, uh, man. I know you want to say Cavill. I, I it's Cavill. <laughs> it's, I I loved Henry Cavill Superman. He he wasn't given that great of script or much, but his portrayal when the suit was on, he played a great Superman. I didn't didn't much care for Batman versus Superman, but his other times playing Superman, I really really did enjoy. Right. I truly enjoyed. I just wish we could have saw Superman in all his glory, truly. But we never, we never got to see him. But the stuff that I did see of Henry Cavill, I absolutely loved. Right. Well, you know, I don't know if I agree with you about this one. And but the thing is, is I don't have a huge amount of experience with Christopher Reeve. You you would think at my age I've seen all of the Superman. I actually didn't. And all the ones I did see I saw on TV and I saw them in snippets. Um the oh, but Christopher Reeves, there's something about like is he physically as imposing as Henry Cavill? Absolutely not. You know, he he was in shape but he looked like a dude in spandex. I'll give you that. Um but I think character-wise he is the comic book Superman. Like the one that I, I keep saying, like, I can't wait till they do that again. I really wanted Henry Cavill to get to be that guy instead of, you know, in a gray world with, you know, uh, Zack Snyder's gray ass, you know, Snyderverse. And, you know, I, I'll ch- I could chalk this up to, you know, may, I, I don't know if you've seen the original Superman from back in the day or any of the, the three sequels. Um, but having, having seen that, I'm just like, that's a little more like the Superman that I'm expecting from the comics. Um, so I don't know. I think we'll call this, let's call this a wash. (laughs) Well, you think Cavill, I think Christopher Reeves, and I I suspect this is due down to, uh, lack of experience with, with Christopher Reeves, but We'll see. Maybe we'll come back to this and we'll we'll define it otherwise. So let's let's just I'll, you know what I'll just say Henry Cavill just for the sake of being <laughs> of having a definitive answer. Uh, but I think Christopher Reeves is is right there. So um, 
Last two. It's still DC. Batman. Who is the def- the definitive Batman? Lottie. This is a tough one. It's Kevin Conroy, Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, or Ben Affleck. It's Kevin Conroy. It's not. It's, <laughs> this is not hard at all. This- <laughs> May his soul rest in peace. And this has nothing to do with him passing away. I have just, it's Kevin Conroy. I like Michael Keaton, Kevin Conroy. But what about Christian Bale? I'm sorry, Christian <laughs> Bale, you at the bottom. Uh, he's at the bottom. There's a lot of people that love Christian. I did not like Christian Bale's portrayal of Batman at all. Like, I, there was not a single bit about his Batman I liked. I'm sorry. You guys can fight me in the comment section. Go ahead. I'm just, that's my personal opinion. Didn't I like his, uh, his uh, Batman at all? Let her go. Poor choice of words. <laughs> Where are the drugs going? <laughs> what about uh how do you know that name? <laughs> ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is the next on the totem pole. He's bottom. He's the next person. He's the next person. He's he's he comes in resounding third place. Well, fifth place. Uh fourth place. Uh I I mean, Ben Affleck's Batman. I don't know why. I, I don't know why people like his Batman so much. I think they just like it because they're Snyder stands and they just have to like everything that Snyder makes. Right. Like I, I, well, I just, I'll tell you this. I liked. I actually liked him a lot in Justice League. I think his that, Justice League one was pretty good, but like, but putting like some people are saying he's the best Batman ever, I, and I'm I mean, like, I, I'm not. I can't follow them down there. That, yeah, yeah, I'm like not, no, not of, not, especially not, not of Conroy's in in the conversation. I do think he's better than Michael Keaton, though. I I think Bale and Affleck are better than Michael Keaton. I, if if only for the bat the fact that in the Batman suit Keaton is so weird. Um, as as Bruce Wayne, I think Michael Keaton is a weird incel sort of. <laughs> he's a weird incel, but not toxic sort of. Bruce Wayne. Uh, I don't even call it incel. He's just a weird loner uh, one. I, I, and, you know, I, I did not put... Like, by the way, I didn't put Pattinson on this because we've seen one at, one movie with him. But if we did put Pattinson on there, I think I might take him over Affleck. Um, I loved I loved his... Uh, and, I, uh, I, I love his Batman. His Batman is amazing. And I think, and I definitely take him over Adam. Like none of these are better. Than, Adam West is better than none of these guys. Um, just because. Oh yeah, he's Adam a, West he's, is. He's such well, the thing. And again, not taking anything away from it. He's just such a weird, like, goofy Batman. Um, <clears throat> but if I had to put Pattinson on there, yeah, I bet Pattinson still doesn't win. This is pretty much between Con. For me, it's between Conroy and I want to say Christian Bale. And I think Conroy wins hands down. This is like, as you said, it's not really a contest. Uh, he is Batman. You know, he is the voice of Batman. He even got to be live action Batman once, you know, in mm-hmm. the, in the uh, CW, uh, you know, Arrowverse. But he, I mean, every, every other Batman is trying to not sound like him. And <clears throat> except Keaton, because Keaton predates Conroy as Batman. But everyone else is trying not to be his Batman and in so doing and trying to subvert our expectations, they sort of let us down because 
Kevin Conroy's voice of Batman, you know, is, you know, he is the sort, he has the voice of, of the authoritative voice of justice that can talk to Superman and not sound like he's weak. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. ben, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman has to stand next to Superman and just like, how do you not sound like a, like kind of weak next to, next to Superman? I'm just saying, how, how don't you? So, uh, I absolutely, it's Kevin Conroy. And this is the last one. And I think we're going to fight the most on this one. I, or, or maybe we won't. I don't know. We're going to see. Spider-Man. It's an Andrew, Toby, or Tom. The eternal question, who's the best Spider-Man? And uh, I guess I could, th- I, honestly, I could throw in, uh, you know, I forget the guy's name that plays My- uh, Miles Morales, but he's not really the Spider-Man we're talking about. So, Andrew, Toby, or Tom? Lottie, who do you think? I don't give a damn. I'm biased. Toby McGuire. I don't care. I, yeah, I don't. I'm biased. He's he's doing. The, I he's know doing the spider dance. He's doing. The, he's, I, Bully McGuire is doing the spider dance. Let's go. I know whatever <laughs> people want to say. He wasn't as funny. I do not care. When I think of Spider Man, I always hear the I hear the voice of Toby McGuire. I don't know why. Maybe because I feel like. I feel like what makes me like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man more than everybody else, and I feel like his best performance as Spider-Man was in the video game Spider-Man 2, because I played the hell out of that game. And I felt like Tobey Maguire truly like spread his wings as Spider-Man in that game. You know what I mean? When he was voice acting Spider-Man in that game. Really, really enjoyed it. I I'm sorry. I know I'm biased, but it, it's Tobey Maguire. Bully Maguire. Uh, you know, this is a hard call for me. Mainly because each one of them, they are so different, you know? And and it and it shows when you see them in uh Spider-Man No Way Home. Like they yes, they're all they all I, they have some commonalities. But you know, uh, you know, Tom, uh, his, his Tom Holland is a lot. It's a, he's, he's a kid, not just a kid. He's a kid kid, you know, and all of that, that goes along with that. He's more, he's more the nerd than either Andrew or Toby ever were. And there's kind of like a, uh, there's kind of like a, a little more, I don't want to call it a sweetness, but a little more of a, like a, an innocence to him. As opposed to Andrew, he seems a little more street smart, a little more tough, you know, street tough. He's he's kind of I don't want to call it our alternative, but you know, he's a little more emo, if you will, uh, than than either the other two. And Toby is very very much a, uh, I, I think I think he's very much more plays a little bit older and a little more sure of himself uh, than than the other two. And so I, it's hard for me to pick any one. I like all of them. I, I sincerely do like all of them for different reasons. And but if you, if I mean, if you, you know, twist my arm, I'd probably say Tom Holland, uh, just because I've like I like his interactions with other 
people in the MCU. Uh, and I and I really you know want more of what he's got going on. So uh, I I don't and I I understand why you say Tobey Maguire. I liked him a lot. I think Spider Man Three kind of soured me on his character. Okay, uh, just a little bit, a little bit to to, to kind of lower him in my in my eyes to Tom Holland. So <clears throat> we're at, once again not agreeing about this. Uh, but that's fine. You know, it definitively is either Tom or Toby. And, that, and again, this ain't nothing against Andrew Garfield. I know a lot of people talk shit about the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I think they're good. In fact, I think they're actually more than good. I think they're pretty great. So it's nothing against uh, Andrew Garfield. So anyway, that's our definitive list. You've heard them all. Uh, you know, no disputes. Anyone else says otherwise, uh, they're wrong. But... What did you guys think about this uh, list? And uh, what did you think about uh, what we had to say? Get down to the comments section. Leave your thoughts there. And, of course, you can always hit us up. Supernotfunnyshow at gmail.com or at Supernotfunnys1 on Twitter. And uh, while you're down there, do us a favor. Hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Uh, all that good stuff helps with uh, the algorithm so that more people see this channel and uh, see these videos. And uh, if you re- if you know... If you will, if you'd like to uh, listen to this in podcast form, I'll remind you again, go uh, hit it up on Spotify. And I believe this it's on uh, other podcast platforms. Check that out. Uh, it's the, the Super Not Funny Show. Real easy to find. And, of course, I can't do the uh, show with uh, by myself. Uh, Lottie helps me out tremendously. So, Lottie, where can they reach you on social media? Oh, yeah, you can always find me on my uh, uh, Instagram, which is uh, Anu Kinihun is spelled A-N-U-K-I-N-I-H-U-N. Again, it's A-N-U-K-I-N-I-H-U-N. And, of course, you can also find me on my uh, YouTube channel, which is Kinihun25. Um, I've been I've been able, with my friends, to start playing Drunk Halo again. So the Drunk Halo streams are back. So you guys can laugh as we play Halo Drunk and laugh at the antics and crazy stuff that we do so please check out my videos on my youtube my youtube channel leave a like a comment or subscribe yeah you guys go and uh check that out and um <clears throat> uh you know thanks for uh thanks for uh giving us all your support and you know showing lottie some love of course that drunk halo sounds like lottie's gonna be getting killed uh, a lot <laughs> All right, all you Fabric and the Fleshbacks, thanks for joining us uh, on this special 100th episode uh, of the Supercast. Come back next week. We're back to our regular time, uh, our regular weekly updates uh, for episode 101. Uh, should be a good time. Uh, play, I know for sure we're going to be talking about Guardians box office. Uh, so come back and check that out. Till then, I've been Mode Poupe, your resident Fabric and commentary extraordinaire on all things pop culture, joined by the anime expert, video game designer, and lover of all things superhero, my good friend Lottie, and we'll see you guys on the other side of the thread. Peace. Peace.